0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to MileHighHuddle.com to sound off
0: on all things Broncos.
1: Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, the 19th of September, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? Uh, What's new? Uh, Didn't think we'd be here again. You and I have just a scourge upon Broncos country ever since we started... This uh, podcast, it was leading up to the 2017 draft and I haven't seen a winning season uh, since then.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a sad time getting to do these shows. I I just want like one season of you and I getting a chance to talk about a winning team and and just get to celebrate victory after victory after victory, Mm -hmm. getting them to stack up. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, you got Sean Payton. He keeps talking about wanting this fast start and we're right back where we were. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was pretty devastating. You know, my my wife after the game on Sunday, she looked at me. She goes, "You look really sad." I said, "Yeah, I, I kind of am." And she goes, "You haven't been this way in a long time." I was like, "Cause I just thought this was going to be different," you know. And so just yeah, it, it's been a little bit rough to to see it as is, but same time I haven't lost
1: all hope yet. Yeah, I remember approaching Chad uh, about this. Like you know, there's no Broncos draft stuff out there um and I, like for podcast wise like specific and i'm interested in it. i got this guy carl uh, he'd want to do it too and uh lo and behold uh, we're talking about the draft way too early every single year because the the damn team can't win any games uh but we're gonna hold off on uh, most of the draft stuff here for a little bit because week two and we got 15 games left and there's still hope to turn it around uh but first let's say a to of people in the chat here on this fine tuesday evening we got Stu mcpeak coming in and saying hi all always good to see Stu. Stu is one of Legit one of the OGs uh, in the chat, so good to see you, Stu. Hope you're doing well. We got Kevin Gray coming in saying, Evening, Nick Carl and Scott Big Mile High. Salute to you, Denver Broncos Country for Life and MHH for Life. And we got David Papa Bear Mecklerath coming in saying, Good evening, Broncos Country. Nick, Carl, Dylan. I think today is Dylan's birthday, so happy birthday, Dylan. Yeah. Um, and uh, Deacon Scott as well. Uh, he says, Kareem Jackson. Oh, There it goes. Kareem Jackson is a liability and needs to go. Hashtag 12 and five. God, man, that would be going 13 and three down Or 12 and three down the stretch. That'd be amazing. Uh, Buckham three times. MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat here, David. And, uh, what do you think here? Kareem Jackson needs to go and is a liability. Any thoughts on that? We'll get a chance to dig into the main topic a little bit more, but just the part about him being a liability.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton talked about the penalties Mm -hmm. and just the really stupid penalties. And these, yeah. these by Kareem Jackson have been stupid penalties. You know, you need to stop on the Raiders. What does he do? He goes and gets a selfish penalty when the player is going to be stopped. It was going to be fourth down. You're going to get him to punt to you. You got a chance to go win the game, but the penalty costs you the game. And then this last week, this last one was just so egregious. I mean, he was literally head hunting on that one. He actually had to like leap up because he's a short guy, NFL standard wise, and had to leap up to be able to get up to the guy's helmet. To make that kind of hit and so again just those are selfish plays they're stupid they the nfl has been trying to get rid of these because they hurt players obviously the player had to sit out and you know i've always kind of had the thought if you do an illegal hit and it costs the player having to go out of the game because they've got a concussion i think you should have to miss the next game that's just my thought if you've cost a player a game you should have to be cost a game
1: yeah i'm I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the plays. I mean, that one with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo running, I didn't think was horrific. I thought that, you know, he went down and it's one of those things where he was ducking too. And Kareem has always been a pretty physical player. Also that touchdown, he did launch, but I don't know if he launched at the head specifically watching it. I mean, the NFL obviously doesn't think it was intentional, uh, but uh, I thought he was going for the, he had to knock the ball out. So uh, Scott's not with me on that one. I don't know if he was trying to take the head. I think he's just trying to go with the big hit, on that one, uh, but um, going in and knocking the ball out. So I, uh, the NFL, not knocking him out here. The other issue here with Kareem Jackson being a liability and needs to go, the hits you got to be careful with. If he has one more, I think he's going to miss some time. Uh, but him being a liability, the concern here is that what we saw behind him was really poor in this uh, Washington game. I think that if he's a liability, then I don't know what we even say about, you know, DeLarren Turniel, I don't think PJ lock got in this game. I think he still might be out and then moving to Sang basti to some safety snaps as well. So he might be a liability and you were not expecting him to be the number one guy this season at safety. But uh, with that said, he's what you got and the stability back there. I just, I think the drop-off would be we saw it. It was, it was night and day uh, back there. So I don't know if, I don't think you really have many other options right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he needs to go, I just think he needs a very stern talking to by the coaching staff and say, these penalties are killing us. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be one of the veteran leaders on this team. You've got to set the example and you've got to play smarter than this. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to go. I, I, I would tell him, like, I need you to go talk to the team and tell them that these penalties have to stop. Like we can't keep making all these selfish decisions. We can't keep not thinking through, you know, we've got a lot of pre-snap penalties that have been happening. It's just kind of, Like I said, it's been a lot of stuff that we saw last year. And you were kind of hoping Sean Payton would come and clean a lot of that up. And I still think he can. I mean, we're still only two games in. But it's just a lot of those little details that when you're losing games by two or one points, these are the things that matter.
1: Yeah. And uh, he's on thin ice now. I mean, I think the NFL probably took it. He was ejected early enough in the game that that missing that game is kind of a Somewhat of a suspension on that. I am surprised he didn't even get one game, given it was back-to-back weeks. But one more, and I think we're talking about a pretty uh, hefty suspension, and definitely getting fined uh, as well. But uh, man, it's it's tough. It's a physical game. You should not be going for the head. But that was that a fourth down play too, where he was trying to knock the ball out. Was that that Logan Thomas? I think was it on fourth yeah. down too. It's a physical, violent game. You can do it without being, you know, evil out there too. But you do have to play within yourself. Uh, and I just I don't want him to go out there and play timid because when you do that, that's how you, you get hurt and other people get hurt too, so it's tough. I, I don't know. I mean, he's got to clean it up, and he's got to be smart about it because, again, we saw the depth behind him, uh, but we also kind of know who he is at this point, and that's how he plays the game. I mean, 5'10", 190, cornerback body, he plays aggressive and hits, so it's a tough situation. I'm Are, are you surprised that the NFL did not suspend him for the hit? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. If they kicked him out of the game mm-hmm. to then not suspend him for a game, at least to, to get the point across, like I said, this is two weeks in a row. I agree. Week one, we could argue how egregious that really was. I mean, players going down, it, it's hard when your body's going in that kind of position not to have your head at least go down a little bit.
1: Did Garoppolo it, go down
2: forward kind of or did, bang, he give up his,
1: did he give up his Did he slide feet first or head first?
2: I thought he went head
1: first. Well, that's, I not can't quite remember up. right off the top of my head, yeah, I guess. Now, I mean, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. And maybe somebody in the chat. So can it, get us It's, on it's a,
2: yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it's a bang, bang play. I can understand that one a little bit. I mean, it's still kind of, you got to be smart with what's going on, where you're at on the field, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that he did it the next week, then again, so yeah. now you're kind of going, okay, this is, and we've seen this as a pattern for him. He's done this before. He's hit players that way. He's gotten his penalties in the past. So this is just part of his game. And again, when I get it, you're right. He's an aggressive player. And he's got to find where that real line is of being aggressive and being stupid. And right now he is crossing over into that wrong side of things. And like I said, it's hurting your team. You know, like that fourth down play. You know, yes, I get you're trying to separate person from ball. But it's just as easy to use your hand and try to punch that ball, like time it out to have your hand go in there. I think that's going to be probably a better chance of actually knocking the football out than trying to hit him as hard as you can, in my opinion. You know, to me, it's harder to catch when you've got another hand in there compared to just somebody almost like smashing the ball into your body. And uh, so, again, I, I just I think there's a lot smarter things that he could be doing that they just need to really show this on tape over and over again to him. Just say, you got to think smarter.
1: Yeah. Well, he's going to have to, uh, because, you know, one, one, one big hit away from it. There being some serious issues there. Not that we don't already have um, some serious issues. Listen,
2: we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of
0: the Denver Broncos and the NFL Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your
2: plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash
0: Denver Broncos.
1: Dylan Monarchs, happy birthday, Dylan. I uh, hope you have a good one. hope you've had a good birthday. It says, Sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. My guess is in that. Oh, we also have Troy Bauer coming in with a super chat here, 999, saying, good to see you, Troy, again. Uh, it says, hey, guys, do you want to see more Sanders this game to help with pass coverage and provide another pass rusher? I hope Riley Moss is ready. We need him sooner than expected. Ooh, man, this is tough because I... Sanders a lot of do you think okay the first question is do you expect more man coverage or zone coverage with uh against this Miami team i honestly don't have an answer i am very concerned about what you do here it's kind of a pick your poison with what mike mcdaniel's doing out there in miami with those weapons and tua uh but are you thinking more man or more zone
2: i i'd probably stick a little bit more towards zone OK, I think you play a lot more bend, but don't break just I mean a little bit of what they've been doing. You just got to tighten up a lot more once you actually
1: get into the red zone. I mean, than they, what they've been doing. Did they pay Ben don't break this last week because they were blitzing and every single freaking time they blitzed, it seemed like Washington called a screen. So that was like, I don't know if they are really Ben don't break, despite what people say. I mean, they blitzed a lot and it was yeah not good. And they blitzed, I think, the fourth highest rate week one as well.
2: That's true. I guess it's more on the back end. I'm seeing a lot more bend, but don't break. I mean, just look at how far Damari Mathis is playing off. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like 12, 13 yards off the line of scrimmage. And I hate that. Like, it, it drives me a little bit crazy. And I get, like, you're wanting them to be able to come forward. But it seems like as soon as the ball is snapped, he's already taken steps back. And so now you've even caused more direction in the wrong way. And you've opened up these quick pass game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo took advantage of that easily week 1.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And to me Demari Mathis if you watched him in college like I mean he wants to get into the receiver's face. He wants to get up there and push him and and be able to control that receiver from the very beginning. And so I just feel like you're not taking advantage of what his skill set is by having him play such off coverage. And now because he's given up so many plays, I think he's it's gotten into his head. And so like I said he's just playing more and more conservative, not wanting to give up the big play. And then they're just easily picking them apart.
1: It's a rough situation. So I think if you are playing more zone, you probably stick with Singleton and Jewel. Uh, if it is poor, you know, man, that's your guy. There's less thinking and less communication. on uh, then, you know, they're crossing the guys off. Uh, but Sanders, I, I think you probably don't see him as much unless you are trying to blitz more. I mean, maybe you totally go against tendency here and say, we're going to live by the sword, die by the sword and try to get after Tua, hit him. And if they get big plays, then you're like, okay, offense. You're the number one points per possession offense in football right now. We need you to respond, but we're going to get after it. Uh, So we'll be curious. I mean, there was teams last year uh, that kind of started to get much more aggressive with the Dolphins. And it actually worked pretty well because everybody's thought is, oh, my gosh, big play. Tyree killed Jalen Waddell. Uh, But when you disrupt the timing and got your hands on those guys Tua, who is not, you know, a very broken play kind of guy. He wants to get the ball out quickly. Uh, He had a hard time getting on the second read. And when things were starting to get off script. Uh, so I'll be I'll be really curious uh, to see what the Broncos do uh, coverage wise and scheme wise in this one. But I mean, if you're having trouble getting up to the passer, you probably do want to get Sanders out there. I mean, what do you have this last week? Four four defensive snaps, something like that. Yeah. Josie Jewell and Singleton haven't really been the issue on the defense. But if you are right. dying for pass rush and you go that way, as far as Moss goes, hopefully he can be back soon. I mean, you're talking about the off coverage. Moss made a living with that at Iowa. Uh, they pretty much run a lot of cover four off stuff. And that's why he had so many pick sixes and plays in the football. Cause he is really good at coming downhill and making plays on the ball. Uh, maybe a better fit for that uh, than demari Mathis, but we'll see. I mean, heck, we're talking about the safeties earlier. Maybe we need to see a Mathis Moss or Bassey safety uh, look as well. If uh, Kareem Jackson makes another uh, bad hit and is out for a bit, but. Who knows? We'll see. I did want to say hi to Mike guest. Good to see you, Mike. Always appreciate Mike coming in. He's a really good a supporter of the show. We got Wolfie coming in saying lunch break. Let's go. Where are you, Wolfie? It's, it's late lunch for you there, buddy. <laughs> Kathy Luntz is good evening, fam. I'm afraid this, week, this weekend is going to be a dumpster fire. It might be a dumpster fire, but it's going to be a dumpster that's on fire with fireworks set. You know, it's better than the Broncos one where it's just been like a grease fire in a dumpster and, you know, an old rundown fast food restaurant, which has been the Broncos without offense the last few years. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire. Maybe we'll see if the Broncos give up, what, 50 points on defense in this one. But the offense at least is going to be able to respond, I'd assume. So, you know, maybe it's like a 50 to 30 loss or something, which uh, <laughs> would be a lot more fun. <laughs> God, uh, Michael Ronquillo, good evening. Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Go Michael Ronquillo and Buckham. Uh, thank you so much for always being such a supporter of the show, Michael. We appreciate you. Stu coming back in, saying hello again, but this time, with the 1999 thank you so much Stu. uh hope you're well appreciate you always coming in and supporting all the shows i like it a little bit more when it's my show but uh that's uh definitely appreciated Stu. hope you're doing well hope life is uh life's going well for you as well uh, and also casey nickel coming in here casey i saw your tweet earlier with all that uh that broncos gear good for you man i believe that was you at least if i'm wrong sorry about that uh but a uh, he says with a win against the dolphins the first two weeks don't matter Let's, let's stop right there. What do you think about that? A win against the Dolphins the first two weeks don't matter. I'll disagree a bit because every week matters, but it does give you a little bit more wiggle room going forward.
2: Yeah, I, I'd say, I mean, we, we kind of said at the beginning of this season, if they could be at worst two and two coming out of the first four games, you they change. would stand a chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you've lost probably your two easiest of the four, unfortunately, yeah. but Kind of like I said, if you can win the Dolphins and you can win next week, then you got the Jets who look very beatable at this point. Um, you know, you could get back into the the winning side of things before you go into your Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs games.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh and, and then Bills. Yeah, then Bills. And and so, but like I said, you, you gotta you gotta be two and two after four games. So it, it's gonna be pretty tough. And I'm not saying they can't beat the Dolphins because the Dolphins have shown their defense is vulnerable; they, they can be beat. Offensively, like you said, they kind of live and die by the big play. Mm-hmm. And if you can maybe force a couple turnovers, maybe you can get yourself back into this game because the offense has shown to be pretty decent of getting points and sustaining drives. You know, I think I saw something the other or earlier today. Broncos are third in percentage of drives that have a first down or a touchdown. And it's like 80% of their drives have at least a first down. Most a lot of them end in in a touchdown. So um, it shows just the efficiency that this offense is operating at. And it does show the offense is better than it was last year. Like there should be no doubt about that at this point. Yeah. But when your defense is taking this kind of step back, like I said, they they gotta, they gotta have those turnovers
1: to make this work. It just seems like a talent deficiency on the defense overall, but maybe it is VJ talking about that. He says uh, there's glaring issues that'll get fixed in the off season uh, draft Sanders, but Sean will get, Oh, he's, Oh, he's saying Shadir Sanders, draft Shadir Sanders. But Sean <laughs> will get his people in George will be gone and also fire Vance Joseph. Well, George gone Vance Joseph. You talk about a total difference there. I mean, the name to keep an eye on if George Payton is gone is Jeff Ireland. Uh, that's the one that was tossed around a lot uh, with Payton prior to him getting hired. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, But
2: we'll see. I was going to say Deion Sanders said his son is not going to be going into the draft.
1: I mean, I don't blame him at all. He's going to get huge NIL money at Colorado. They're kind of building something still. And Sanders is probably at highest, the third overall pick in this upcoming draft, where he'll have a chance to be number one overall in 2025 and still make a lot of money at Boulder this upcoming season. I mean, I I appreciate the Sanders stuff. It's been Colorado has been fun. And he's got that second half against Colorado state. He was unbelievable. I mean, just, it reminds me of Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow's not hurt with a calf injury, but the accuracy and stuff, I mean, it's really good stuff. Uh, but let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. He's not Caleb Williams as a prospect. Doesn't mean he won't be better than him in the NFL, but he's not Caleb Williams. as a prospect. Uh, Steven Douglas coming in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I
2: I was just gonna say, I think he'd be a great pairing with Sean Payton because of the quick decision-making smart Mm -hmm. player, you know, accurate player, all those things fit very well with Sean Payton.
1: Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you win and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. He's an athlete, but he's not just out there to use his legs. He'll only use that as an extension to when he has to. Great quarterback, man. He's playing awesome. Uh, Steven Douglas, we are twice as good on offense this year. Our points per play and points per possession have doubled. Yeah, the Broncos have been really good. I will, not to be the rain on the parade guy, but I do. I still have to be a stats guy. I like to add that. I mean, the Broncos had, what, a top five, top eight offense through the first five games when they had Teddy Bridgewater here. And uh, that had a lot to do with the teams you were playing early on in the sample size. Uh, So two games, the Broncos, we can say this is what the Broncos are, but that doesn't mean who they will be uh, from the stats is what you have to go on. But I do want to see a broader sample size there uh, in that. Luckily the dolphins defense has not been incredible out there. And uh, the bears defense is probably on pace to be the worst in the NFL this year. If not, you know, bottom three. So some more chances uh, to put up some points though, but I mean, gosh, uh, the Broncos are not bad and boring anymore. The offense has been good and we can still, you know, criticize, Wilson. I mean, Peyton's out here criticizing Wilson. I still can't really get over the uh, fumble, even though he, you know he was grazed across his face mask. But uh, the offense, Wilson isn't far from the issue right now. So, thank you, Stephen, for coming in. Offense has been much better, and it should make you feel confident that even if the Broncos, you know, don't have a winning record this year, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, that Sean Payton was a good hire. Uh, ends up being a good hire, and the Broncos are in a good direction on the offense because you just can't compete in the NFL sustainable sustainably with where the offense has been post Peyton Manning. You just, you just can't Phil McLaughlin more stars coming in. God bless you. Phil says good evening, Nick Carlin, Deacon Scott. I read that Waddle is under concussion protocol. Is he going to play Buckham MHH for life and go Broncos. I am not sure about Jalen Waddle being under concussion protocol. Uh, We're going to turn that attention more to the dolphins on Thursday, more big picture stuff here. Uh, Also because it's, I think the first injury report comes out officially on Wednesday, doesn't it? So I don't even know if there's an official one out there yet. Uh, But if Waddle misses the game, that does change the dynamic. Uh, Maybe you can get away with more man coverage and bracketing Tyreek Hill. Maybe even get a little bit more aggressive within him up front there. But uh, yeah, Waddle being out would change things a lot. I think Waddle's a top. Hill is probably a top three wide receiver in the NFL. And Waddle's probably a top 15, top 20, uh, which makes him pretty damn hard uh, to contend with. So if Waddle's out, you can change a lot of things.
2: Yeah. And and he is in con- concussion protocol. But yeah, the teams are pretty pretty good at trying to cover that up as long as they possibly can to make teams have to prepare for him if he's going to be in there uh, or, you know, if he's even if he's not going to be in there, then you at least made teams waste some time trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. So, um I we won't quite know probably till Sunday really where he's at. You know, if he if he misses Wednesday and Thursday, and he's limited on Friday for practice, I would say probably good chance they keep him out just because, again, you're wanting to keep a player like him, he's said top 15 receiver, I would agree, you're wanting to keep him as healthy
1: as you possibly can for the entire year. Yeah, and they might just play conservative because, you know, they're 2-0, they look good, and that uh, home, I mean, they might even think that we can beat this Broncos team without Waddle. I, I don't know, the defense has been pretty, pretty damn bad. Uh, we got Casey coming back in. Too many Sanders out here, right? Uh, just I'm thinking, is more Drew Sanders stuff? No, it's a uh, Shadur Sanders. Well, Shadur Sanders pull a Manning or Elway in order to choose which team he wants. I can see Dion doing everything he can for him to be a Bronco to stay close. I don't know enough about the dynamics there. I don't think that Sanders has been the looks like the caliber of prospect where he can call his shot like that. I mean, I can only really think of those two guys uh, doing that. Elway was considered the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. Eli had, you know, Peyton already doing things in the league and the Arch Manning stuff. So I, I guess it's possible. I know that we've heard actually some stuff from Caleb Williams' father about the uh, him kind of saying, hey, I, he won't go to a bad team or a situation doesn't want to go. And the thing that totally changes the dynamic is the NIL stuff here in college football. So I, it's definitely possible that, you know, Dion could try to use a little bit of influence and NIL stuff to keep Sanders or, you know, push where he goes. But unless the, you know, NFL implements like a lottery or stuff. I just can't imagine the teams. I think they might call a bluff on that one.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I I can't see him right now being the true number one quarterback in a draft, you know, unless it's a really bad quarterback draft. He's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say he's a bad quarterback by any means, but there's just a couple little things in his game that you're a little bit going, is this a true number one? Even man, I, I had those concerns with Joe Burrow. When he was coming out, you know, there, there's a couple the parts used. to his game, okay, right. right? He's,
1: He's just done on overwhelming tools, but I mean, he could still go number one next year. I don't think yeah. this year, no, no, but yeah,
2: right, no, I, I agree. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he does and does go. And, and yeah, you're right, Casey, that I think because of the family name, uh, even Deion Sanders forced his way with some teams where he told a couple teams, like, I'm not going to interview with you, I don't want you, I don't need you, like, he just flat out told them, Don't draft me and you could probably see that happening a little bit here with with Sanders as well of just going to a couple teams and saying I don't want you and maybe trying to force his way a little bit but again I mean Broncos have to be within range to go try to get into a spot to get him and then you got to convince Sean Payton that Sanders is your guy on top of that there's a lot of things that have to fall into place for Sanders to become a Denver Bronco
1: yeah we're a ways off from that, but uh, he's playing well. And definitely the NFL world has their eyes on Colorado as well as Shadur Sanders, without a doubt. Uh, so we got some more, more supers coming. You guys are killing it today. Naj with the 1999 saying, I get the talent on D is deficient, but it's comparable to last year. Seems like guys are missing coverage is not filling right gaps. Blitzes are being mistimed or opposing coaches figuring out what's what they're coming thoughts. I think that Eric Bieniemy had, uh, if it was a chess match, he definitely won that one versus Vance Joseph. feels like every single time uh, the Broncos got a little bit aggressive with their looks, it was, hey, there's a screen here. So I'm almost curious. I mean, maybe Peyton needs to spend some time and some self-scouting on the defensive side if there's any, like, tendencies that are obvious about when the pressures come or what the uh, packages or where guys line up that's tipping their hands because, I mean, they just it seemed like they knew what was coming with those uh, screenplays. But as far as the talent deficiency comparable to the last year, Broncos after week 11 last year, I think they had the fifth worst defense in football in EPA per play. They were like, I think, bottom seven in points per game given up. Uh, they were a little bit better from the post-chub trade, which was week nine on, but week 11, you know, I think nine game sample size there. Uh, so the Broncos, I mean, they were, even though Azure Ever did a good job with the scheming, they were what, top five to first half of the year, and then bottom five, bottom 10, the second half of the year. They're looking like the same team that we saw last year at the end.
2: Yeah, it's. I think there is a little bit of a talent deficiency. I mean, you don't really have a guy on the defensive line that you can sit there and say, this is our star guy. Like, this is the guy that every team has to game plan for. We got to stop him. You know, I think they've got some decent players across the board. You know, I don't think there's anybody that I would say is a true, like, negative player amongst the starters. But there's nobody, like I said, that's a Von Miller that you're going, oh my gosh, this guy could wreck the game. And then, you know, in your secondary, you got a couple stars, Justin Simmons and, and Patrick Sertan. But Justin Simmons, I think he's looking about the worst I've ever seen him. You know, I Which don't know crazy if it's all
1: the reports at camp were that he was like the best they've ever seen him. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I,
2: I, and this is where, again, you have to be careful with with camp reports. Mm-hmm. You know, it, <laughs> there's a lot of things that can happen to make a player look good in those those practices. Compared to what actually happens in a game. But he just he doesn't look like he's comfortable in this defense yet. You know, he's just a half step slow on a lot of plays that I think the last couple of years he's been making. And I I think that's been one of the big things in the secondary is just like I said, safeties being out of position. Damari Mathis playing off coverage when he probably should be playing a little bit more press. Um, you know, Patrick Sertan, he's been doing his job. So he's fine. Don't have to worry about him a whole lot. But and the linebackers, I, I'd say that they've been doing just fine. You know, this is why I, I love Drew Sanders, and I want to see him on the field. But it's hard to take one of those guys off the field when they've probably been two of your top three defenders on this defense, other than Patrick Sertan.
1: Yeah, I, I mean. Guys, the people who really want Sanders to play in more mim stuff. If the Broncos keep playing like they're playing, we're gonna we're gonna see the young young guys for sure. So although they're so close, right, uh, two losses, but but by a combined three points. I mean, it's just you're right there. You're knocking on the door. Just got to figure out how to win some football games to get some momentum going. John's helping us with some momentum, saying good evening, fellas. Good to see you, John. Hope you're well. Always appreciate you. Seth is in here saying, hey, Carl and Nick and Deacon Scott. Hope life's good. Seth, uh, Greg Smith's in the house. Aloha. He says, good evening, Broncos country and Denver Broncos for life. Michael Ronquillo comes in and says the Broncos are the number one pick. It's week two of the tiebreakers are like, I think they might even be using last year's strength of or winning records for the strength of schedule. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Broncos right now, I mean, I'll ask you this, uh, Carl. More likely right now, Broncos making the playoffs or finishing with a top five pick.
2: Top five pick.
1: Wow. Okay. I think that one's pretty close. I was going to say top 10 and that one is like, I think top 10 for sure, but top five is bad. I mean, that's a, that's what we were last year with all the dysfunction.
2: I know. And I think it's close. I I really do because I still think the Broncos by the end of the season are going to be a pretty competent team. They're going to get some things figured out. They'll be fine. And they're going to win enough games to get out of that kind of place. Um, But it's hard for me after you start 0-2 losing two home games to really see how the Broncos are going to claw out of this when you've still got two games against Chiefs, two games against the Chargers. And I know the Chargers are 0-2, but I I have more confidence in them figuring some things out than I do the Broncos right now. And just because I think there's a little bit more talent on that roster and you got a little more continuity with the the coaching staff and uh, things like that. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I just think looking at this schedule, what the Broncos have left, it, it's pretty rough. You know, these were two of your probably top four most winnable games on your schedule that you really needed to have. And to lose them, it, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to, like I said this last week, you're going to have to sneak a couple games now. Mm-hmm. The Miami game, that's going to have to be one that you sneak. Uh, a Chiefs game, that'd be another one. A Chargers game, you know, just those kind of games you're going to have to win that probably most years you would have lost.
1: Yeah. Long season to go though. I mean, this is, was always going to be kind of a, probably a longer process here. The big concern I have is that the Broncos, I think had the second most against the cap of any team in football next season. So like the aggressive, you know, plug and play signings that we saw this last year aren't going to happen. You're going to be talking about, you know, detracting talent from the roster from due to salary cap reasons. And you're also already dealing at a deficiency in terms of draft picks. I mean, you do have your number one next year. You have the Saints number three, but you don't have your second. You don't have your third. So, I mean, the roster that you have right now, and you still they'll be able to add some guys, no doubt, still. But the roster you have right now, it's probably going to be most of the core that you have next season. So, and you can free up a lot of money too with a lot of the guys you have. But it's a, it's going to be a really interesting offseason to follow, uh, depending on what happens with the Broncos uh, the, the rest of the way here. Fifteen games to go, though. Timothy Thompson says, Nick, do you think this team will ever overcome one mistake becoming more quicksand? One mistake leads to another and another. They just, I don't think they're totally believing themselves yet and overly confident. I mean, they keep saying they'll get it right, but they just kind of feel like a snake bit team in that regard. Uh, You know, one mistake amplifying and becoming more. So I do think that Sean Payton is eventually going to get the ball rolling, right? I mean, he's been in the league long enough. He's won a lot. Uh, So the Broncos will get some momentum here. I think, I think odds are pretty slim that they finish with the top five picks still, Carl, even though the schedule is tough and they dropped two games that are probably two of their five to six most winnable ones this season, especially considering they're at home. Uh, but, yeah, I think they'll start to figure it out here. And we'll, we'll see positive momentum and progression as the season uh, goes along, just because I think that's I, – I have faith that Sean Payton will get things corrected here. And if not, you can probably th- toss some resources at the defense, new coordinator, and defense can – change rapidly, uh, year to year, how good your defenses can change rapidly. So that's, that's some hope as well. Yeah.
2: Now I I know, and I hate to like throw out rumors and all those kind of things, but of course this is going around, uh, and I've seen it a little bit in the chat with, um, there's talk of VJ being on the the hot seat already after two games. So let's say the defense continues down this, this path that they're going on right now. How many more games do you give VJ before you say, okay, we're done with this.
1: Oh man, it'd probably have to be another like six games still Uh, because, and the only reason that you're doing that is because you are curious about somebody internally. Uh, You are not going to like people like, you know, bring in Rex Ryan or bring back Wade (laughs) Phillips. I mean the install and implementing a new defense at this point, it's just not happening. It's probably somebody who's already in house. Uh, So if you are curious about a Marcus Dixon or a Christian Parker as a chance of the defensive coordinator, then potentially uh, that's one that you could look at then because then you're in an evaluation process uh but i just can't see it happening this early based on on the field stuff now something happens there's always the caveat if something happens off the field or whatever then different discussion uh but yeah that's uh i can't imagine it happening here pretty soon but yeah fans joseph definitely on the hot seat and i wouldn't even say that you know being scapegoated right now although it's not all his fault because the talent i don't think is incredible but uh if it continues this path man he he's out for sure (laughs) quickly yeah
2: I, I'm with you. I, I think you got to give them at least half of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, if things, if you don't see any kind of positive return, any kind of things working out, some young players showing something, uh, obviously then you start even looking at the coaching staff for next season and saying, okay, like you said, Christian Parker, there's been a lot of talk of people really being interested in him making that jump up to defensive coordinator. And, you know, he even got interviewed by the Broncos for that position this off season so Mm -hmm. there's at least some thought process there that this could be a guy that you really like and you know part of me really didn't mind that idea if he did win the defense coordinator spot just because you get to continue in the same language probably a very similar scheme to what you already had this last year you know players know him players trust him players like him all those kind of things um so I don't mind that Vance Joseph was hired by any means. I still think he can turn this around at least a little bit. I think he can at least get them to an average defense,
1: you know, and and if you know easily, if you had an average defense from the first two weeks.
2: Yeah. And I think there's at least enough talent to be average. And with the jump that the offense has made, I think that's enough to, like you said, win quite a a decent number of games, you're you're not going to be top tier by any means. You're not going to win 10 in a row, but but you can at least go win enough games to make yourself competitive.
1: Yeah. And that would be nice. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in says, uh, well, guys, we just got to build on that great 38 to three playoff win in 1999. I don't even remember what 38 to three game that was. I was, uh, I would have been Carl and I would have both been pretty darn young in that <laughs> one, but, uh, you know, let's keep, let's keep that momentum going, man. A 38 to three win in the playoffs would, uh, be pretty awesome. We got, I'm getting a guest, Benjamin Flores, saying what's up, fellas. I'm nervous for this game. Can't believe we might drop to 0-3, but at least the games are a bit better offensively. The games have been a lot better offensively. Now, is it the Peyton Manning, you know, Star Wars days of like 2012, 2013, and half of 2014? No. Uh, But, I mean, the Broncos have been putting up points, and uh it's been at least entertaining to watch. I mean, I I got to be honest, Carl. I have not, uh, in years past, going back and watching, even when I know it's a loss, have been very painful. These ones haven't been as painful because at least there's some expi- exciting plays there. Now I am definitely pulling my hair out, watching the tackling this last week and the run fits and everything. And, but uh, there is some fun at least being had there and uh, some, some highlight worthy plays, you know, like when you put a, t- put together a highlight package of the game, the Broncos have some, <laughs> so that is uh that is good at least. Um, but what do you think? Uh, do you think the Broncos uh, getting back to it, I do want to get back to cream Jackson. Um, if he is, does do another hit here. What is the solution uh, for the Broncos at secondary? Are you at the point where you're moving on from him? Because you're, you're definitely a lot more irritated about the plays that he made than I am, uh, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's kind of some of his nature in that. But uh, let's say he does have one more big hit and he's out six weeks. Something something big. Because that would be three times. I mean, I one more, I think he's in big trouble. Uh, what would you do with this defense and the options that you have? uh, you're in trouble. Like you said, might already be. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Delarian Turner. yell Didn't look good before he got hurt. I mean, he looked pretty darn lost on the field. You're supposed to get PJ lock possibly back here in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks. You know, he's got to get through his four games of the short-term IR. And I mean, I think he's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to be better than, than DTY, but not, I don't think it's going to be such a big jump that you're going to be like, okay, here we are. We're, we're settled. We're good to go. Um, so I I don't think there's a great answer at this point. You know, you, you talked about Bassey earlier. Maybe you're trying to move him back there to that spot, and you're going to hope that Gwan Williams has gotten himself healthy by then. And maybe Bassey can really commit to just being, on the, being a safety. And, you know, he, he's shown he can be a playmaker. I think he could be okay at it. But again, you're you're not going to have anybody that's going to step in there and you're going to go, okay, this is a true starter quality, good player for us at this point. You're going to have to trade for somebody if you want somebody to do that.
1: Yeah, the other thing is the cross-training of some of those guys we already talked about, and that kind of leads into Jason Lang here. Uh, Mathis has got to go, can't have that You know, being on the other side of PS2. They're coming at you all game long. I am curious about some of those kind of hybrid body types that they drafted or undrafted free agents in uh, Bassey, in Riley Moss, not to, you know, play that card of, always oh, a white cornerback. He'll end up at safety, but I mean, he could end up at safety and then Mathis as well. I mean, coming out, we talked about, I think he mostly played slot uh, coming out of pit uh, carrying that. And I think that there was a lot of thought, at least for me as well, that he could end up as a safety. So maybe you see that I do worry about the communication and the run fits there, but I mean, DeLarion Turner, looked look terrible. And uh, I don't think PJ Locke is ready for the, the limelight there as well. So, I don't know. The Broncos are in a weird spot right there right now. I'm um, not getting enough pass rush. Uh, and at least winning pass rush. Uh, the, some of the sacks this last week were coverage sacks uh, in, in my opinion, other than the Benito one coverage sacks, but uh, it's a tough spot right now for the Broncos defense. And I don't know what the immediate options are. They have for them other than guys playing better and guys getting healthy. Naj coming in 1999 says, in my opinion, the Broncos have the talent to beat anyone, but the execution and pressure situation declines dramatically. It's the lack of belief and feeling of "here we go again." We, the fans, have Peyton and Russ can get us out of this. Naj, I hope so. What do you think about this? the The pressure, the Broncos in pressure situations.
2: Yeah, I mean, this has shown up. Uh, I can't remember what their record record is in one score games, but it's not been great here over the last no. couple of years you know, they, they just can't find a way to win or they always find different ways to lose. You know, it it just, it's crazy. Some of the plays that they end up giving up and you're just like, what in the world were they thinking? You know, again, some of these defensive calls where you got to get a stop and you're giving them, like I said, maybe a 12, 13 yard cushion, making for an easy catch and run for, you know, seven, eight yards. So you're just making life easy on them. You got to, put some pressure on them. You got to make them actually have to make a great throw over the top or something like that, or, you know, crowd the line of scrimmage and say, okay, we're really going to commit to stopping the run on this play. And you're going to have to, again, beat us with the pass play over the top or something, but it just, I don't know there's been a lot of things that have led to this, some stupid turnovers, some stupid penalties, all those kind of things. So yeah, I do think it's execution that has led to a lot of losses where it's more the Broncos beating themselves than the other team beating them and um th- those are the kind of steps that you have to take as an organization uh, i think i can't remember which coach said it but a lot of times there's this progression that a lot of teams have to go through of being this really bad organization that you lose terribly you got to learn to almost lose closely and then learn to win closely and then win big you know there's just unless you get a quarterback that really changes things you have to go through that progression and i think the broncos are in that process right now of you said it earlier I don't think they fully believe in themselves yet. You know, they're they're starting to see a little bit of glimpses of of what they can be, especially on offense. But you still see those times where they get into that panic mode of, oh, no, here we go again. We're failing. Things are falling apart. And they just got to learn, like I said, one bad play can't progress into two, three, four bad plays. You know, in golf, uh, (laughs) my my dad is one of those people. Or he hits one into a tree. And next thing you know, he takes the 12 on the hole. And then the next like three holes are bad. Hopefully he's not listening to me right now, but you know, I'm just trying to tell him like, you got to put it behind you. Like it it was one bad hole. You can't let this destroy your round. And you know, thankfully that was one thing I didn't struggle with. Like I usually could actually kind of get it back in order, but, um, but again, that's the same in football. You just got to learn not to let those things cause a panic. One fumble can't turn into the next drive being a three and out.
1: Yeah, and I almost wonder a little bit with the offense and some of the comments about Sean Payton, you know, getting the play calls in and the the wristband for the quarterback. If some of these, you know, pooping themselves kind of as the game go along moments are more to do with just communication and everybody doing their assignment in the offense. I mean, as everybody knows, the first 10, 20 plays in a game, mostly 15 are scripted and the Broncos have gotten off to some pretty damn hot starts uh, as of the first two games, at least. And then after that, the offense has seemed to stall pretty, pretty dramatically. And that's right around the, you know, 15, 20 play mark. Uh, So I I do wonder if, you know, all of this feeding into it, uh, you know, the wristband comment, the getting the calls in correctly and on time and the team, you know, all of a sudden fading quickly, if it's actually more of just a executing and verbiage and knowledge and getting the plays in and getting lined up. Uh, Than it is, you know, a panic for the offensive side of the ball our defense. Yeah, I think they're just they're just struggling in general right now. Uh, but I think that there might be a, even a little bit more of a not a scientific, but a, a, a reasonable uh, explanation as to why we're seeing it. Is it. Are they panicking or is it once they get off script, then they kind of just fall apart?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, Sean Payton brought it up this week that he said, I've got to shorten my play calls. Don't like to hear so that. we can get it on the field, get people in the right spot. Cause you've seen that almost every half they've gone through their, their timeouts like crazy mm-hmm. because a lot of times it's just because guys have no clue where they're supposed to be on the field. And, you know, and, and it, it does happen sometimes. I was watching uh, Julian Edelman was talking about that, where there, there's one play where Tom Brady's yelling at him, just going, Edelman, you're supposed to be in this lot. And he's supposed to be doing like a, a sweep. And he's like, I didn't even know I was supposed to get the ball. And here all of a sudden he like, he's just kind of running that way and he gets handed the ball and, and they scored a touchdown. And like, everybody was like, Oh yeah, great job out there. You, you, you faked him out thinking that you didn't know what you were doing. He's like, I didn't know what I was doing. And so even the great ones sometimes get a little bit lost out there, but yeah, sometimes you just gotta, especially first season in, you know, try to simplify things as much as possible. Players heads are spinning with a whole new offense And just
1: make it as easy as possible for them to get out there and and go make plays. So you hope it'll get better. And the Broncos have already been pretty good there. I mean, the fact that Sean Payton is, you know, calling out to an extent, uh, the quarterback for getting plays in and the offense, and they're still putting up the points that they are shows that uh, the potential, the the potential to be even better is still very much there for the offense. So that's really a sharp turnaround um, from what we've seen in Denver the last few seasons. Donnie Claus comes in and says, go Broncos. Good luck on Sunday. We need this win. They totally do need this win. Doug Smith come in and says, thanks to fellow Broncos fans here on Mile High Huddle. Remember, pulling for a team when things are tough makes a true fan, not just when they are winning. Please see the Colorado Buffaloes. (laughs) Yeah, good luck this week to Colorado. I mean, God, uh, at Oregon, I think that is, uh, I'm not even sure what the line is right now, but Oregon is a pretty darn good team. The Pac-12 has just been awesome this year. I'm a Big Ten guy, but man, (laughs) I loved watching the Pac-12. So much fun. Roy Osborne comes in and says, in my opinion, I won't blame one person, but four one-letter words to sign it up. Personnel, coaching, talent, execution. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think the Broncos lack some talent in some areas. Like, we could blame George Payton for that one, although, you know, it is a competitive league. But if you don't have the results, then you get fired. I mean, that's just how it is. And uh, coaching, talent. I mean, personnel and talent kind of go hand-in-hand hand there, uh, Roy. But uh, unless he's talking the personnel department, like who adds the talent? I'm not sure, but either way, Roy, good to see you. And yeah, execution has definitely got to be better out there for the Broncos. Uh, so Carl, I know it's a Tuesday and we don't have too much time left here. We don't want to get to Phil first, but I did want to at least hit up a few stock report stuff with you. I just wanted to hear what you had to say about this game. Uh, but first we got Phil coming in saying, guys, Sanders puts the D and L on players jerseys. So many Sanders uh, talking about Dion Sanders here. <laughs> Uh, do- D for dogs and L for leaders Name two players on each side of the ball who would get the D and the L's. Well, I think Wilson would get an L for sure. I think, uh, Simmons would get an L for sure. D I think you'd see, uh, cream Jackson get a D for dog. <laughs> and it, you'd probably also see, would it be Garrett Bowles? I guess I, I'd typically like to see I, one on offense. I, I mean, Randy Gregory is a dog as well, but I was just trying to pick one on each side of the ball. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. Javante
2: is another okay. dog. I mean, he runs hard, Mm -hmm. he he acts like he really loves hitting people. So I I would give it to him. I don't think he's a hundred percent quite yet. I mean, you still see that they're trying to bring him along pretty slowly at this point, but I I would put him in that kind of category. And I'd put Josie Jewell up there, you know, just he's, he's your true lunch pail come to work. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to outwork the guy across from me. And I thought, you know, as bad as the defense was, I thought he was one of those guys that deserves a shout-out as I thought he played a pretty good game. I didn't see him really getting out of position a whole lot. It wasn't really his players making plays. Um, so I, I would hit the like Rim Hits or <laughs> thanks US uh, Dave. Dave. But um, uh, but yeah, I think I think he would be one. Um offensively, I mean, I gotta go with my boy Mims. We haven't even talked about, about him. I mean, he, I know he only got 12 plays on offense. He should get a lot more moving forward. I mean, he's just, he's a big play waiting to happen. And I get like, he's got a limited route tree that he can run at this point, mm-hmm. but still just having that kind of threat when teams see him on offense and go, okay, now we got to worry about playing deep. Cause this guy's going to be able to beat us over the top. You know, I think that opens a lot of things for your offense. We talked a lot about that with KJ Hamler you know when he was healthy that this is what he could bring to this team of making a defense have to stay honest of not being beat over the top and so yeah i want to see mems get a lot more run you know obviously as a returner he's showing why he won the returning job i mean he's dynamic that guy when you give him an inch that guy's gone and no. so it's just it's just fun to see him go it's fun to see a guy that i really loved in the draft on the broncos and having success
1: yeah, he's definitely a stock up one. I uh, had a great game. And I mean, what was his? He only had, what was it? You said 14 snaps 12. in the game, 12 snaps. And he had two, two big plays. I mean, Broncos going to figure out ways to get him the ball more. Uh, if they are going to get be getting explosive plays from him like that. So I would expect him to have more uh, opportunities here, but I mean, the, the, the pieces of the pie, maybe this becomes a much more four wide receiver heavy team. I mean, now that Greg Dole, has, uh, is hurt. And uh, we don't know when he'll be back, but you do have Judy coming back. He should be having more snaps. Uh, maybe it does become less tight end centric in the end, even though that doesn't seem like what the direction of the team, they wanted it to be this year, but will be interesting. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to uh, stock up for me on this one at the same time, both young wide receivers. I think uh, Brandon Johnson overall had a pretty good game. There were some really good uh blocks in there, especially on some of those outside, uh, uh toss plays. I mean, those don't go for big yards unless your wide receivers are con- con- contributing. And uh, he had a few good on there. Uh, good heads up play on the um, the pass uh, Hail Mary as well. Uh, he's, I think, put Mims above him right now in snap count. But don't don't totally discount uh, Brandon Johnson in the end. And we got Carl Dumler coming in here. Carl, you should be doing a show. What's going on? I'll let you take the floor.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is from my kids. They, they said they wanted to watch the show tonight with my wife. Uh, I don't think they've actually ever watched my show before. So I have to huh. ask them what they thought of it i know i know but uh no my my kids come in asking the question which player do you
1: want to see featured on offense this week i mean carl are you asking it yourself here i i'll go with one first i think you kind of answered yours a little bit but i want to see more jaleel mclaughlin uh just more explosive plays out here i think it's going to have to be a home run derby against the dolphins and you're going to need to be exchanging touchdown for touchdown and i think uh, mclaughlin was pretty dynamic in his small amount of samples there i I think you're gonna to try to do that, work the ball outside some more tosses, maybe some zone stretches, and uh, get Julio McLaughlin more uh, involved in the game plan.
2: I think another player I'd love to see is Cortland Sutton.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Have some plays drawn up to get the ball in his hands and get him going early in the game. You know, yeah. he just hasn't had much of an opportunity yet. I think he had I think he had five catches in this last one, but it was very quiet five catches. Like, yeah. you can't even hardly remember, like, when did he catch one? Uh, so, again, i just like to see them early in the game, get him involved. Kind of like this last game, Jerry Judy got involved early on. Like, just yeah. get a couple snaps under his, his wings. You know, he, he didn't get a whole lot of snaps in this past game. But now I want to see them get Cortland Sutton going. You got to get your star guys. Get them interested in this game. Get them focused in so they go make a couple big plays for you.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt. And we got Jason Lane coming in. Jason, I saw your comment. We did. I thought we did answer one of yours earlier. It's just, there's enough coming in here and we hit them. If you do contribute to the show, uh, we'll get them for sure. Uh, but we, we don't only grab only the super chats. Uh, so we have Jason Lang coming in. and send Russ on offense and PS2 on defense. On my opinion, mims up next. Where is Judy, and thank you so much for the stars, Jason uh, really do appreciate you. Well, we try to get people and say hello to people as well, but uh, just, you know, it's kind of organic with the, uh, the flow of the uh, flow of the chat. So. Yeah. Where is Judy? Uh, Judy's nursing a hamstring. I'm expecting the snap count to be better and better. And this one, I don't know what his total snaps were in this last game, but they were obviously holding him back. Some just, you know, kind of testing it slowly. And he still had three catches for 25 yards and five targets. So, I mean, he was implemented uh, and I'm expecting a bigger game. I mean, he's going to really, really want to show out uh, versus Miami because that's his hometown team. He's from uh, the Miami area. So Pearl heater, coming in with a great show in the hearts. Thank you so much, Pearl. Appreciate that. Michael Ronquillo coming in and saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl on Bill and the Broncos go Broncos and Buckham. Keeping, keeping going here. Cause we don't have too much time left. Thank you so much, Michael stock down. I'm only going to give one stock down, but it's my favorite position to watch in football. And the Broncos spent decent money on this guy. And I have just not seen much of anything from him. And that's Zach Allen. Uh, I've been pretty disappointed with his contribution so far. Now it's only two games, but the talk of, you know, it's, Still, it's a new defensive coordinator, new install. He worked with Vance Joseph, and we saw better from him last year. And you need him to be better uh, every way, but especially as a pass rusher. uh, This defense is going to work its way out of the bottom five path that it's on right now for this season. So Zach Allen's a stock down for me. I want to see more. We need to see more. Hope he's better as the season goes along. But so far, I have not been overly impressed, and he has not been an improvement on Draymond Jones at all.
2: Well, I'll go the other big free agent signing and Mike McGlinchey. That was the other one. Yep. You know, I mean, this is the second week in a row where he's maybe been the worst offensive lineman for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. He gave up, I think if I'm looking at it right, one sack, one hit, four hurries. So six, you know, pressures that were given up in this game. I, I didn't think he even did all that great as a run blocker either. So it just, you know, when when you're brought in as a run blocking right tackle, and then you're still not even living up to being like a top five guy at that position in that way, uh, and then you add into it that you're not doing great in pass protection, all of that just makes me go, man, that <laughs> that money's looking not great at this point. Not saying you can't turn it around, but he just he looks like he's really struggling out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and a final one here before we wrap it on up a stock up for me. I see the chat already talking about this one. I did want to uh, say this one, but uh, Jonathan Cooper, I think Jonathan Cooper is that like, you're okay with him starting. He'd be a super number three out there, but he had a pretty productive game. Uh had the two sacks, I believe had the force fumble as well. That of course uh, just didn't uh, bounce to the Broncos, but man, what a game change that would have been. But Cooper had eight tackles on the day, three solo, uh, the tackle for lost and the two sacks. Overall, a, a pretty good, pretty good game for Jonathan Cooper. And from a seventh round pick to, you know, back up to now, I mean, the starter opposite of Randy Gregory, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Broncos, if they are, you know, still, let's say two and five or something around the trade deadline, moving on from Randy Gregory, bringing back Baron Browning, more Nick Mediano snaps, seeing what those three rookie contract edge rushers have, and then maybe making an aggressive move for another person in the offseason. Uh But we'll see, but uh, definitely Cooper stock up. Good story. Good dude. Had a good game.
2: All right. We'll get to Jason Lang's question here or comment. He says, Judy, supposed to be our number one, got to see more from him being the number one. I just think we missing a true star on offense, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, you know, Ed McCaffrey, he was a good number two. He needed a Rod Smith to make his game really work, but you know, he's still a great player. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ed McCaffrey by any means. Just, yeah, you do. You need more from your star players. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, haven't been giving you a whole lot so far through two games. Obviously, Jerry Judy coming back from injury. But Cortland Sutton, you know, I thought he was supposed to have that bounce back year. Like this is supposed to be that time where he gets back to being a 1,000-yard receiver. Obviously, we haven't seen that yet. But I, I do think there's going to be a, a, a big game for him coming up here in the next two, three weeks. I really think that the Peyton's really good at recognizing we got to get a player going. And I feel like this could be a good week for him. Just to to see what he can do, get a few plays drawn up. Like I said, this is where Sean Payton is at his best. In those scripted plays where you know this is where the ball's gonna go, and just try to see if Cortland Sutton can can get something for you.
1: Yeah, and Jason also says Terrell Davis, where's our superstar other teams truly have to account for? I don't think the Broncos have a superstar uh playmaker on this team. I think you have potential with Judy and Javante Williams, but they're not uh the guys right now. Uh so We'll see. And I mean, not every team has superstar playmakers. I mean, the Patriots, when they were winning Super Bowls, they had consistently a top five defense and a top five offensive line with a great quarterback. And that was winning in the Super Bowl. So you don't have to have, you know, that unbelievable difference maker as a skill position guy. But I think that it definitely it definitely helps. And I see some comments, you know, maybe it could be the Mims. Mims could be that guy. I don't know if Mims is ever going to be a volume guy out there given his route tree and whatnot, but I would like to see him more involved, but he seems like more of a complimentary piece on an offense as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys. I mean, we just saw this last week, two catches, 115 yards. That's what he can do. He doesn't need, like you said, the volume, he doesn't need seven catches to go get hundred yards. Mm-hmm. He can do that in two or three catches. So um, yeah, still I'd like to see about four or five passes at least go his way per game that you're really trying to get him involved and then you got a lot of other plays so you have him on the field more as a distraction. I mean he's still going to be a read out there but you're trying to have him go deep, trying to take safeties away, you know, make him get into those cover 2 cover 4 looks that can maybe open up your run game a little bit more, you know, it, it's kind of like Tyreek Hill. Not every play is designed to go to him, but because you have to account for him because of that speed, it forces defenses have to have to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, There's a lot of, like I said, K.J. Hamler, when he was healthy, that's when you actually saw this offense being halfway explosive, like the Teddy Bridgewater for those four or five games. K.J. Hamler was healthy. Teams had to account for that. It opened up the rest of the field. Once K.J. Hamler got hurt and then Teddy Bridgewater kind of got banged up a little bit, it just really kind of collapsed the entire field. And it just felt like even gaining five yards felt like a lot of work. And that's, I think the nice thing about this offense right now, five yards doesn't seem like a whole lot of work. Like there's guys running open. There's running lanes to actually work through, you know, the the McLaughlin touchdown. Like he didn't get touched on a goal line run because it just was so wide open because the blocking scheme was great. Guys did their jobs well. So it's why I have a lot more confidence in this offense, having staying power throughout the season, even though, like you said, we haven't played the best competition but I just think there's a lot of signs that haven't been there in the past.
1: Yeah. Also the three worst defenses in uh, the NFL right now, according to EPA per play are the uh, Broncos chargers and Raiders. So yeah, you, know, you have some games against some bad defenses coming up small sample size. I know. I know Woofy Malott says with the $5 says that uh, top three things to win this week, use the run to eat the clock. So a little bit of ball possession, how the tables have turned uh, stay with the run while it's working and defense defensive doing amazing. In my opinion, defense is doing amazing. You got a darn chance. Uh, so, I mean, I think it, uh, gosh, what do you, would you say? I'm putting you on the spot here. Not a lot of thought on this, but give me your top thing, uh, top metric, top thing the Broncos have to do to win this week. I guess
2: I'd put it at two. Like if the defense can hold them to 27 points or less, hmm. I think you stand a chance. You know, I think this offense can be good enough to put up 30. Like it'll be like a 30 to 27 kind of game. But if you can hold them to that kind of spot, and then I'd say the other that would help with keeping them at that spot, a little bit of what Woofy says here of using the run to eat the clock, like establishing that run game, having 150 yards rushing in this one. Again, I think that's a sign that at least the game's close and you're able to stay committed to it, it's being successful all those things playing into your offense is moving the ball. You're probably winning at least the field position battle. You're making them have to go the entire field. Um, So I I would say those two things would be big for me.
1: I think the Broncos have to steal a possession in this game. Somehow, some way they're going to have to steal a possession. And what do I mean by that? I mean a big play, whether it be a strip sack, a defensive touchdown, a blocked punt, a huge return, something that is a explosive play that's outside of the, the ordinary flow of the game. So I think they have to steal a possession and also hit the absolute heck out of Tua. Uh, I'm not wishing him injury. I know that he's had, uh, God, some of the scary stuff last season. I'm not pulling for that at all, but I think you do have to make him think a little bit about that, uh, out there, take away that first read and hit him, but it's going to be a tough one. Mike McDaniel so far has coached circles around every single defense. He's gone against these last uh, two weeks. And, uh, I mean, he's one of the best offensive minds in football right now. So it's a tough assignment for a Broncos defense that is looking as bad as we've seen them look in 15 years. I mean, it's, it's been a, a long time since the Broncos have been this bad. I'm thinking like back to like 2006 or even, you know, like uh, 2008 was really bad. 2008, whatever the Bates year was with the defense coordinator. I think they were pretty darn terrible. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's going to be interesting to watch see what these Broncos can do, but any given Sunday, anything can happen. Carl, before we wrap it on up here, you got to give me your last stock up guy. Um, I gave you two, uh, I need one more from you.
2: All right. I'll, I'll go with offense and man. Okay. I, I guess I will go, I'll go Ben powers. Okay. I, I just, I, I really liked, especially in the run game, seemed like they found their best success running to the left side of the offensive line. And I thought he'd, did well holding up in the past game, considering who he was going against. You know, I thought it was Quinn Miners really was the guy struggling. The, the whole right side from Lloyd Cushenberry over were really struggling in pass protection. But I thought the left side handled it pretty well. Bowles had a couple bad reps here and there, but it wasn't too terrible. But like I said, Ben Powers showed well in the run game, did well handling his job going against those. I mean, Washington has some of the better interior players in football. And I thought he actually held his own.
1: Yeah. I mean, Daron Payne was probably the best player on the field this last Sunday and, uh, God bless Lloyd Cushenberry. I didn't have, <laughs> there were some bad reps there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think powers did have a, a better game, uh, looking back on it. Um, uh, could feel his presence a little bit in the run game and stuff. So yeah, we'll see how it plays out to uh, the Broncos here. Kareem Jackson stuff talked about today. A lot of the stock up, stock down and the chat was popping. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at mile high huddle, as well as BTB football pod. Uh, if you're on Facebook, join us on facebook.com forward slash mile huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to the show like uh, our show on YouTube and share it on your social media platforms. Carl, I, I got nothing else. I got to go get on dinner. What's uh, what's your plan? What's going on?
2: Probably. Well, I mean, hopefully my kids are getting ready for bed right now and head home, go read a couple books and maybe then books. go for a run.
1: Fast reader. <laughs> well, tiny books. Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, make sure you have a great rest of your day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, despite them being 0 and too, it's going to be a better day tomorrow. I'm sure. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep
0: the conversation going.